Welcome to Sisters in the Shadows, Women in Blues and Jazz. I'm your host, Colette Cooper. This podcast is all about the women who have been at the forefront of blues and jazz since the beginning. For almost as long as there's been jazz, there's been radio. For a hundred years, radio has brought jazz to the masses and introduced them to exciting new talent. Today I'm talking to three gorgeous broadcasters who share their love of music with their audiences over the airwaves. James B. of Jazz FM in Toronto. Chris Hawkins of BBC Radio 6 Music, the coolest station on the planet, of course, and was launched by our very own producer, Mikey Hansen. Yay! But up first is their gorgeous Tony Minville. He's a club DJ and hosts The Late Late Show on jazzfm.com in London. I caught up with him not too long ago and asked who is up listening to him at that time of night. Well, I know it's me, that's for sure. Strangely enough, I do get uh, quite a, a, a dearth of listeners yeah. um, in, in the US because it's 8pm Eastern and yeah. it's 5pm uh, at PST. So it's, uh, it it's a great show. Right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's a great I show. Really you, appreciate you play great music. You've got impeccable taste. Oh, thank you. And um, you, you're just a real champion of all the young talent coming through, oh, which God, is that's amazing. All I, the, I know all the Tomorrow Warriors yeah. um, lot, you know, um, which I just think is brilliant. And they're, you're really championing them. And I just think, you know, that's, that's what's needed. It is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. I mean, it's my raison d'etre effectively. It's uh, I I don't think I would have it any other way. Yeah. It's what drives me. And underlying that I think is the fact that uh, when I was coming through and I started in this scene, uh, I was into music from the age of about nine years old. Yeah. uh, I started working in a record shop from about 13. (gasps) Your collection must uh, be great. uh, Oh, I don't know about that, but it's, uh, it's, I had some great, I was, I was working for two hippies. At right the time, and they were just the most amazing characters, and they were friends with Chris Blackwell. Right, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh so, my God, amazing! So it was a real, you know, it was a real uh, university of of music from the moment, and they taught me how to gamble and all yeah. the bad Naughty. habits and all that exactly. <laughs> kind of stuff. Naughty. And my mum used to come and check on me every <laughs> and again, and then uh, one time she really. Uh, she actually pulled Simon's ear. My boss pulled his ear. Teach my son this stuff. Yeah, you don't you be, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't so, you I'll be buy, giving him all that hippy dippy rubbish. Thank you, but uh, <laughs> they really they they changed the course of my life. There's no Aww. two ways about that. And is that how you got into it then? And and have you always wanted to be a radio broadcaster? Um, you know what? Uh, I think first of all, um, it was more about DJing and and just spreading great music. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, um, and that started in my student days. So obviously working in a record shop, I then moved on to, I went to college. I moved away from London at 19. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I used to have a lot of the great big pirate DJs coming in to see me at the time. Yeah. The pirate radio stations in South London when I was in a record shop. But anyway, I started DJing mm-hmm. as a student and then started yeah. my own kind of jazz scene in the Midlands. So, Amazing. but my contemporaries were, uh, when I was growing up, were, were Jazzies and, and Chris Phillips and, and, yeah. and all those kind of that, that scene, because I was a jazz dancer and so on yeah. and so forth. So. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do that. And then eventually I moved from that like, club thing at college and then into the sort of pirate radio, pirate radio show. Pirate radios, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pirate <laughs> radio, what are you talking about? 
Oh, that's the door knocking. There you go. So, DTI, hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi. So, Tony, when you were growing up, was your, was your family, was your mum a big fan of music? Did she introduce yeah, you to a lot of she stuff? she was uh, very much so. I mean, my dad died when I was three unfortunately yeah. in a car accident and mum was a very powerful woman she's uh, very tenacious she um basically was into her it was, it was kind of the standard sort of west indian fair yeah but it, but it wasn't it wasn't so she was into us kind of jim reeves and yeah but also into a gladys she's a massive gladys knight fan so every yeah. time gladys knight came to the uk she was yeah. front and center at the concerts fantastic uh, and all kinds of soul along those bits but then but then again i've got influences from all over from yeah. you know but gladys knight i mean that's a that's a pretty great influence to have though oh yeah you and know. the arethas and and yeah uh, all that kind of Atlantic soul stuff. She was really heavily into that. Percy Sledge and all that kind of stuff. And it definitely brushed off on you. I mean... Oh, yeah. Easily. So who was the sort of the first female sort of uh, artist in jazz and blues you heard? Either, you know, vocalist, instrumentalist, um, and what song? Can you remember? Yes, I can vividly. And uh, I, uh, not only I love music, but I was a great lover of sliding in from school on the carpet straight under the tv and switching that straight on so that was a massive tv head yeah um but my film was i tell you what jaw dropping i must have been about eight nine years old yeah uh, and it was jazz on a summer's day oh. I, remember, I remember seeing that film and then oh. i remember falling in love with anita o'day oh we've all fought, we've all fallen right. in love with anita so, o'day uh, so what a woman sweet. Uh, exactly. What, I said, what the heck? So it was Sweet Georgia Brown and Tea for Two. It was just the elegance. I've got shivers, you know, as you're yeah. talking and about the, that. Uh, and, and the class and the grace of what she did. And uh, those tonsils. Yeah, exactly. Those tonsils. And you know. when you find out her backstory, but she's amazing. Yeah. Most, she, most amazing she really is amazing. And well, that's why she's amazing because her backstory is, is pretty <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah. Incredible, lurid, amazing, just uh, tenacity. And it comes through. It mm. just come, it comes through. Is the, it comes through a soul, doesn't it? You know, and I think um, the best artists have had such a, a fruitful life, haven't they? You know? Oh, what? More than anything. And I'm surprised she's lived so long. Yes, yeah. and all the things that Can she you imagine? Did. I know. They preserved her, that's why. <laughs> exactly. Bloody hell. Just but, uh, the, but yeah, she so was amazing. So do you think that she also influenced you in your career, you know, to, as a DJ, um, as a broadcaster, to think this is mm, what I want to do? And it, it, it gave me a love for this music. It gave me yeah. a starting point, uh, as well as obviously working in a record shop. It gave me a starting point uh, for having a real love for that sound, you know, yeah. uh, and the... the as for jazz waltzes and 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 time signatures, it, it, I was always at home with that. Um, but I think the real obsession for me was uh, during those kind of formative teenage years mm. uh, and being into jazz funk. Yeah, uh, jazz and that's funk. what I grew up with. I worked in a record shop. The import truck would, import truck would come in from Greyhound, and mm. uh, which was run by a husband and wife team at the time, which we knew really really well. And it was always about Patrice Russian for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, just you know, you just a shadow adored, of a doubt. Adored, I've oh, seen I, on your Instagram, you crush is gorgeous, so, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. You just want to hear her, though, you just your whole just, body lifts, yeah, it, exactly. and you want to, you know, it's yeah, she's just amazing. And the fact that she was, uh, like a child protege as a pianist, yeah, um, and then she started, and it's right, it's really weird how this whole thing 
actually goes full circle because she started, um, uh, I've forgotten the two labels, the label she was on to begin with, which had two albums, Prelusion yeah. and Before the Dawn. They were very yeah. kind of straight ahead jazz albums. Um, and then the, the change came with Shout It Out, which moved her into more the electric type thing. And then, yeah. and obviously the album Patrice. But those first two albums were actually produced by Reggie Andrews, who was Nia oh. Andrews' dad in, in, well, Reggie Andrews. He was in LA and he was part of the whole Lemert Park scene, which brought oh. on so many great musicians, like obviously Kamasi Washington. And, and he produced and the album. He produced both those albums. I didn't both know those that. Albums. So she was part of the LA scene. And even more strange, I mean, I was in LA last November to do a documentary and I met a young band called Black Nile, who I'd known yeah. about. And their tutor, strangely enough, they came through that Lemert Park thing uh, with all that crowd, uh, as in, they used to have Sunday afternoon sessions in the park. Yeah. Uh, but they were, their, their tutor at college was Patrice Russian. Strange. No. That's the way it all goes. It's very it's strange, so, isn't it? It's, we're all connected, connected on this planet. Exactly. We're all connected. But that 78 LP, Patrice. Oh, she's, she's incredible. She yeah. is incredible. And that Absolutely. face, she shines. Oh. She shines through, doesn't <laughs> yes, she? Yes, and she never grows old. No. Yeah, no. She's got I that know, baby Constantly, yeah. and she's it's a smile, always smiling, always uplifting. Exactly, just like her, her, her voice, her music. No, she's she's um she's an incredible very, very special. Artist. I got to meet her once. No, you didn't. Uh, it was oh yeah, it was um uh, Carmen Lundy had come to town. Yeah, uh, and I knew her drummer Jamison Ross, yeah. and I went down to the gig, and then suddenly, and we have with us live, we have Patrice Russian. I swear, did I you swear, nearly die? I nearly lost it. Yeah, actually, I lost it. <laughs> And I'll bet you were going out. Oh, 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 oh. And then I went to talk to her. No, you How did you have How did you talk to her? I was, oh, in fact, it was all right. She was very nice. Oh, it's really nice to meet you. Yeah. It was ever so nice. Isn't she that really amazing? Was. That is so amazing. It, it was, meet, yeah. When you're so in awe of someone and their talent and then you meet them. Yeah, I've only done the, the, the not able to speak thing twice in my life. And was it literally and, like that? It, it, it was, yeah. It was Ferro Saunders. Yeah, Ferro Saunders said hello to me and said, I hear you're into the music. And I I couldn't actually talk back to him. No, and, I would have been the same though. And then very, when I was very young as a student DJ, I got to meet Mr. Weller. And again, I couldn't, I couldn't talk. So it was Paul Weller. Yeah. Wasn't it? Paul Weller, wasn't it? Well, yeah, he's good, but not like her. I'm not, sorry. No, I would have been. I'm not going to say anything. No, 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 no I mean, we like him. Though. No, no, we <laughs> love Paul. We love you, Paul. <laughs> but you know, but we're talking about women here, and she mm. is one of those Precisely. phenomenal, phenomenal artists. Going from that, do you think such a, a, a great artist? Like her, who do you feel today is shining through the jazz, the blues, the soul scenes? Who do you feel, vocalist, instrumentalist, who do you feel is really shining through now? Oh, now, you you know when uh, I was asked to think about this question, and yeah. you've really put me on the spot. Because it's difficult, because, because there's so many difficult. great ones. So many great ones, but so yeah. many people uh, are great in so many different ways. Exactly, yeah. But I need to call out someone for me who whose voice actually physically yeah. dragged me across a really big room yeah. uh, at a jazz festival uh, and as Jasmine Horn without a shadow of a doubt one oh. of the most exciting voices on the planet without doubt and what did you do you heard her and you just thought... uh, yeah so basically uh, I'd gone to a festival and I was right at the back and uh, uh, and uh Chris Phillips was there and a few other people yeah like, and then I heard this voice uh, and I obviously I'd known her uh, her voice on record, but to hear it yeah. live, and then to hear uh, her vocal gymnastics, unbelievable, and uh, the whole kind of Betty Carter feel that she has. But she's brought yeah. it up to date, you know. Yeah, she's she brought it up. To, how old is she? 
Oh, she's yeah. quite young. She she's, is. She's, she's, 20, she's, about, she's in her 20s, isn't she? Yeah, but, she's in her late 20s. And but she's got an old soul about her. And that's the reason why, I, well, I when I heard that she was only in her 20s, I was quite shocked because I just felt there was something about her that she got an, an old soul. And maybe that's why. Well, I'm not uh, saying she looks old. There's something about her. No, no, no. Her, no. She's well, beautiful. I think I know why that is. I mean, yeah. uh, we've become friends since then. And she's. Yeah. Um, she has two young children. Right. Uh, she brings them up on her own. She right. is one of the strongest women that I know, yeah. and that's not my mother or my wife. Right. And she effectively uh, has control of everything about her life. Right. Despite everything that's pushing her downwards, she pushes back up again. Oh, isn't that amazing? So she, she effectively, uh, you know, it, uh, what she teaches her children, what she feeds her children, uh, how she conducts her life, um, how she conducts her business, how she chooses the musicians that are around her. Yeah. They all have an aura about them. I, I, I've got a feeling you don't mess with her. No, oh, no, you don't mess with her. Right? <laughs> a bit exactly. like a Bessie Smith. <laughs> yeah, oh. but, but in a really yeah. soft way. She's yeah. quite, she's, she's, she, she's just amazing. I don't even know but where to go with it. it's tough as well. She's looking at, you know, bringing up kids and then she's... And she's in, yeah, she's based in New York and it's like yeah. not an easy But to, she's not from New York, is she? She's from I forgot Texas where she's from, Texas, that's Dallas, right. Yeah. Yes, yes, which is like another soul I can think of, uh, Miss Bardu. Yeah. In yes. my um, America, who's in my in my little lexicon of amazing artists. Yeah, they agree. You've mentioned two amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. Uh, and and Patrice Quinn, I adore Patrice, Patrice Quinn. Quinn. I don't she know is a lot the, about Patrice she, Quinn. She's the lead singer with Kamasi Washington. She's part of the West Coast Get Down. Right. Oh, yes. Lady yes. with the uh, the freckles. I call her the, my daughter of light. Yes. Right. Okay. So, her mother was Dorothy Pittman Hughes, you know, the feminist. She's no. the character. Oh, she's, you know, Mrs. America, that series. Yes, yes, yes. I know that I've been watching that, have you? Well, the Janelle oh Monae's, my God. Janelle Monet's character is her Yeah. Mother. No. So, but she's a very vulnerable soul uh, and she's awesome. Uh, and uh, uh, there's an album coming from her fairly soon. So you just mentioned some amazing, amazing women. How about instrumentalist, female instrumentalist coming um, up? Shirley here? Scott. Uh, yeah. Let's have a look. You know, I've got a lot of, oh, well, sorry, uh, yeah. elephant in the room, uh, Cassie yeah. Kenoshi. Cassie Kenoshi, yeah. For me. Uh, she, well, she, it isn't just about being an instrumentalist as far as she's concerned. I think, or for me, it's about, she's the all-rounder. She is yeah. the genius. Yeah. Right. She is yeah, like, okay. um, she can score an orchestra in, in like rec break, no. in breakneck speed. And uh, she, she's an awesome classical composer as well as a jazz one as well. Yeah. But as far as instrumentalists as well, we've got um, people like Sheila Morris Gray, great trumpet yeah. player. I'm yeah. thinking, uh, obviously, Terry Lynn Carrington. Yeah. As uh, um, a drummer, I'm thinking of Esperanza Spaulding. Yes. Um, who basically is an all rounder, instruments, yeah. singing, the whole nine yards. It's, it's just amazing, though, when you do see. An oh, sorry. I've like forgotten Nabaya. Of course, Nabaya. Ah, see her. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's yeah, on everybody's she's, lips. She's incredible. But she she's really also is. such an incredible personality. She's she such is. A, a force uh, I, to be reckoned with. Yeah. I remember seeing her and Chelsea Carmichael, another great saxophonist. Um, they literally yeah, had just graduated, uh, or they just finished, had their last day at college. Yeah. And uh, I saw them outside. They were just, I just pulled up in the car to, to go into Jazz Refresh, and they were just walking down the street and they were just, so happy and said oh we're really happy because we've just graduated isn't just that finished. lovely I bet they were pissed 
<laughs> well, not That's quite. That's why. Back to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chelsea was performing, but I think she's yeah. still drinking quite a lot. So, well, no, but, some great artists coming through, and it's yeah, the instrumentalists exactly. that are really now. Oh, Rosie Turton. As Rosie well. Turton, oh, yeah, really shining through because yeah. you know female vocalists have always kind of shone through decades and decades. Yeah, but yeah. the instrumentalists, you know, they've. They've always a little bit been in the shadow a little bit. And Lakeisha Benjamin and on, on the American tip, young yes. saxophonist doing very well at the moment. Because I tell you what, it's not easy to play that saxophone. No. Jesus Christ. I mean, it really isn't. It's a, it's a tough instrument. So to the hours they need to put into that and just the yeah. skill is um, unbelievable. Trust me. I, I know. I tried to play the clarinet when I, I was young. Drums and clarinet. Clarinet, I was useless. It's all about the lips. Yeah. Just, keep it, the the, lips, just keep it for the kissing, Colette. Just keep it for yeah, the kissing. Problems. Darling, thank you. Where's your wife? Don't be telling her that. <laughs> I'm not asking you. <laughs> Honest, well, Your Honour. Yeah. Honest. <laughs> oh, the lovely Tony Minville. I would kiss him anytime. And you can hear him on Jazz FM at 1am on Mondays. Really tune in. He is incredible and plays the most incredible music. Chris Hawkins. Now, admittedly, one of my absolutely favourite human beings on the planet. Love this guy. He's presented the Early Breakfast Show on BBC Six Music since the station launched in 2002. In that time, he's championed countless new artists from every genre. When I caught up with him a few weeks ago, he started by saying what an impact Amy Winehouse had on the new jazz wave, and she absolutely did. I guess Amy was uh, very important in in opening up that world to a a new generation, a new audience. I I, I was struck by her uh, yeah. and. And I remember seeing her. The one and only time that I, I saw her was at the old Astoria in London. Yeah. And it was actually what turned out to be quite close to, to, to the time that she died. But she was actually in, in terrific form. And her in form Amazing. was something else. Yeah. I mean, mesmerising watching yeah. her. Yeah, brilliant. Just brilliant. Because you know, what I think she had that was interesting, as well as that great songwriting ability, and... And, and the voice that's so distinctive was that she she was able to do something that not not many many people can, and that that, that is sound effortless. Yeah. But also have a real strength in her voice. The yeah. two don't always go together. In fact, they rarely go together. Yeah, you're right. That's so true, actually. And it, always so casual in in that traditional, if you like, jazz style. You know what I mean? That kind yeah. of laid back jazz sound. Yeah, but kind of throw away. Just sort of throw yeah, exactly, away. Exactly. But high impact with it. Yeah. And, and, and and that made her unique. It made her special. It it it, it gave her that thing that's so hard to define. And, and and that's what I think. And you can't bottle it. It was just it's just she just has it. Because her background, as you know, you know, is jazz. And um, she was in the um, National Jazz Orchestra from the age of 16. You know, that's what she grew up with, her influences. And then she, you know, she she brought it into the pop world. And I think she was a huge influence of bringing jazz back over the last couple of years. Because it's only been, a, you know, two or three years bringing it back to where it's really popular again amongst, you know, a younger generation of 20, 25, you know, at least under 45. Yeah, I, the, the, the audience that night was, I, I guess, predominantly there because she was a pop star Yeah. Um, when I saw her. And, and I was reminded, I was in Camden recently and I saw her statue for the first time and I was reminded yeah. of 
just how incredible she was. Oh, brilliant. Just brilliant. A a new wave has followed. So what we're hearing is more and more pop jazz but but actually where amy was if you like rooted in jazz and doing pop i think maybe is one way of defining what she did i think what we're experiencing now interestingly is is jazz artists being jazz artists in the pop world absolutely that's right and there's a for example there's a great um i don't know if you've heard of her a great bassist called um ellen andrea wang have you heard of her? She's Norwegian. I have heard of her because I think because I'm a big fan of that uh, Norwegian music world. Yeah. And she's pop jazz and she plays a double bass and she's really brilliant. I'm quite mesmerised by her, actually. But I think there's so many more women, especially instrumentalists, are coming through, through this genre and um, getting more noticed in such a male-dominated world in this genre, you know? Look, let, let me give you a, like a sense of perspective because there's often the, these conversations uh, quite rightly about uh, the imbalance of, of male-female artists, particularly on festival bills. Yeah. What I notice most is that in terms of what I do day-to-day is I try and keep it balanced. I, I, would, I would love for it to be 50-50 male-female in terms of uh, the, the music I play for, for the yeah. two and a half hours that I'm on, on air. But it's not an exact science. But what's interesting is that more of the older music that we play is by male bands generally. But what I'm what I am noticing more and more is it and it's and it's and I love the fact it's not with any conscious effort that I am playing more female artists on purpose just for the sake of playing more female artists. I am noticing that the best new music is often now by female artists, whatever the genre, it yeah. so happens that, that the jazz sound that you're talking about is particularly in vogue. So I'm a big fan of Emma Jean Thackeray. Yes. She is something very special. I think that Yasmin Lacey yeah. is, is extraordinary. And, and they're just two names that, that to me are real stars. And you know, I'm happy that I'm happy that you're, whether it's subconscious or conscious that you are playing more females it's great because it, it it's it's starting to balance out it's it needs to start to balance and you're going right back to you know the jazz age where women were overshadowed and overlooked and they always stood out as vocalists but as instrumentalists they were always definitely pushed in the background yeah, I mean, there's that image of the, the the type of venues that you were talking about when you were starting out that you were playing. They were venues yeah. that I used to go to a lot in, in London and yeah. at school in the States and at university in, in America too. I'd, I'd go to these little CD jazz bars, not least in the States because I was uh, under underage there. So, uh, <laughs> But in London, there were some incredible places to search out uh, amazing jazz singers doing it in relatively yeah. small smoky venues and, and you think god if if there was an AR person here you'd, you'd be signed yeah you know? and, and and that that will forevermore be the case that that, that there's talent that's unsigned but what's brilliant is that that's now that jazz is cool so it, it it's more likely to come to the fore sisters in the shadows is in aid of nordif robbins Nordoff Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. 
Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordif Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordoff-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordoff-robbins.org.uk. James B. is a raconteur musician and presents jazz in the city of Jazz FM in Toronto. He is also a snappy dresser, absolutely gorgeous. I spoke to him, of course, over Zoom from his boudoir, which was very jazzy, and asked him who was the first female blues and jazz singer he'd ever heard. Um, I can tell you the song. Uh, it was called My Handyman. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the first version I heard was Alberta Hunter. Right. She was not Fabulous. the first to record it. This was no. in North Bay. I would have been a kid. Edith Wilson did it and Helen Humes and Carmen McRae. A bunch yeah. of people sang that song. But it was Alberta Hunter. Um, and she was really old when she sang it. It was from yeah. that Amtrak Blues album. Yeah. I found that out later. I didn't know it when I first heard it. But it's dirty and it's funny. We and like she's really dirt. old. Yeah. And and kind of how old were you when you heard that? I guess 14 or 15. Yeah. And did that give you a real thirst then for blues and jazz? Was it that song that you thought, oh, wow, this is. You know, it was probably uh, Scatman Crothers on the Mike Douglas show. Uh, UB Blake, of course, wrote that song, the, the, the uh, handy, My Handyman. So UB Blake was also on the Mike Douglas show, and he was close to 100 years old when he made an appearance on that show. So it was, it was a series of, uh, it wasn't one person, it was a series of blues artists that I actually got to see on TV. And then because it was in North Bay, there's a big folk and blues scene there. Do you, what, who do you feel today? Because obviously you're amazing, prolific broadcaster oh, on Jazz FM well, in Canada. Who do you feel today is shining through in the blues and jazz scene? Well, the funny thing is the first person I'd start with because she's royalty over here is Jackie Richardson. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting about her is she's super famous all across Canada. She does theater. She does uh, all kinds of big galas and benefits. She's only actually put out one album under her own name, which is really? very odd. Um, Maybe she's just she, lazy. <laughs> she was the star. She's an amazing big mama. And she's the star yeah. of uh, Cooking at the Cookery. Wow. The life story of Alberta Hunter. So, wow. So when I, I was already a big fan of hers, but when I went yeah. to see the cooking of the cookery, it's the first time I saw her live. Yeah. And the next time I saw her, I thought, oh my God, what did you do? You're so young and beautiful. And she says, I was playing an 85 year old in theater. <laughs> it's called acting, darling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's called acting. Well, you're looking gorgeous. I'm loving the outfit. <laughs> Thank you. The purple Jackie, jacket Jackie and yellow. And then ja with Jackie, there's a few others. Um, Shakura Saida yeah. is a singer who can blow the roof off of a place. Yeah. Uh, her guitar player um, joined Prince, uh, Donna Grantis. 
she ended up in in Prince's band, the guitar wow. player. So she's a blues guitar player who got to play in a band with Prince. Prince Grabda. He Grabda. Um, and also Dion Taylor is a really, really renowned singer here. She's really yeah. good. Um, and then my personal favorites are friends of mine I see a lot who love yeah. blues. Uh, yeah. Who I told you about it in I know. I'm going to uh, get them on. Yeah, Heather Lockhart, Irene Torres, and Sophia Perlman. Uh, they also, they tell stories well. They sing well. Yeah. But get really tell familiar. a story. And it is about yeah. telling a story, isn't it? What inspired you, James, to, to perform, to make music, to, you know? Uh, I just found out that it was a job. I was probably five or six years old. And as soon as I found out that you could get paid to sing a song or yeah. pretend you're somebody else or paint a picture, I just kind of went, okay, I I'm in the arts. I don't yeah. care what it is. I just want to create stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so I'm not a great painter, but I've sold a few and I like it. It's fun. It's just a yeah. hobby. Um, I write a lot. I think I'm maybe writer first. Yeah. Uh, I'm brutally comfortable in front of a microphone, which is not always a good thing. Sometimes it can lead to mass bouts of irritation. <laughs> it's I like entertainment it's with a bit of an itch at the end of it. Yeah. Um, but that's why you're such a great broadcaster, you see, because you're comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes to like, I guess just seeing so many uh, uh, people around me that I think are better than me who aren't making big money, there's a, there's a kind of a humbleness or 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 a, a, a gratitude that you that you have for going. You know what? I'm making music and I'm paying my rent. Yeah, exactly. This is That's I don't have I, I don't have lowered expectations, but yeah. I have tempered ambition. Yeah, I don't need everything. But it's true. You got to you know count your chickens. It's like if you can do that, make money from your art, exercise your talents, and make some money from it and live. You, you know, we're blessed. Absolutely. Yeah. And also when I'm thinking about, uh, uh, sometimes it's actors and people I look up to that when I find out that they can do more than one thing, like David yeah. Bowie was a great painter. Yes. Um, uh, Jeff Goldblum knows how to play piano really well. I know. Uh, yeah, things like that. So, so then I also go, okay, why would that surprise us? Because of course, in the old days, everybody had to do three things. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know what you're saying. In the old days, you had to do three things, but it, it can kind of come to, especially in England, at uh, one stage, it was very like, oh, well, what are you then? An actor, singer, what? Well, I can, can't I be anything? I can do whatever I want. It was very, well, if you're an actor, you're an actor. You can't do both. It's eased off now. People accept that artists right, do more because, than one thing. Because in vaudeville, you had to do all of it. And then suddenly, I don't know when it was, maybe around the 70s is when people started to go, well, you can't do tv and film or yeah. you can't be a singer if you're an actor that's right cases, with david hasselhoff and david carradine and stuff maybe you shouldn't yeah <laughs> but, well they, it's only just eased here yeah <laughs> exactly but it's only just eased here really in the last couple of years where people are more accepting of people doing other stuff before it was very especially the crossover between presenters and actors that was a definite no if you were a presenter you'd never get a look in to be an actor but now it's just like, yeah, do you know, do whatever you want. And then also people, when they're looking at, uh, at talent, uh, if somebody is good on a comedy stage, now people just go, then you must be an actor. We're going to put you in something. Doesn't mean they're going to be a good actor if they're I good know. on a comedy stage. That's so true, because it's, it's just completely two different things. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, here in Toronto, the, the music scene, 
it has its challenges. I mean, yeah. everywhere does now because of this uh, lockdown. Um, there's a lot of challenges, but in general, um, with all, I mean, we have a thing here in in Toronto uh, every year called the Women in Blues Review. Yeah, it's one of the best shows of the year. I go every year. Um, it's an all female blues band. Wow. It's, it's the whole night. It's just the most amazing, and all different ages. Sometimes a few young ones, but all different ages. Um, and so I think in that scene, the blues scene here is still mostly male dominated. But I think I was just going to ask you that. Do you yeah. feel? Do you feel there's more women shining through on the jazz and blues scene? Or I know it's male dominated still, but do you feel like men, because I know you're very supportive, but do you yeah. feel like generally men are more supportive of that now or do they still feel like... Oh, they are. Oh, they yeah. are for two reasons. The biggest reason is the young people coming up through scale school. Yeah. Uh, they There are maybe two guys to every girl, but but still it's way more female jazz musicians than ever before. Ever before. Yeah, I and totally in, agree. And, and in jazz and blues, when it comes to singing, I would say there's probably equal or more women. In jazz, there's way more women singing than men singing. The, yeah, always has way. been, though. That's always been the case, well, hasn't it? it? That's the thing. So then I, it, it, that's not nothing new. But yeah. the fact that some of, like, uh, uh, we have here Carly Howell and Brandy Disterhaft, really good bass players. Yeah. Who can play anything. Yeah. So when you're looking for a blues bassist, you, it's it, you're not even trying to think should i get a male or female you're just thinking oh there's a great bass player let's exactly this is exactly yeah. what we were talking about earlier i was interviewing a great saxophonist camilla george and she's brilliant we were saying we shouldn't have to point out a female saxophonist just yeah. get a great saxophonist regardless of the sex you know race but, but, anything. You know, just get the saxophonist i produced a record called babes in jazz land and it was Ooh. an all-female band they did their own charts they did their own stuff and somebody from, from, from one of the universities, music schools, came up to me and said, that's stupid. Why are you doing an all-girl band? And I'm like, well. Why not? Well, I said, why, why, why does it even have to be that? I said, put it this way. How many bands are like five or eight white guys? Why, why, are you, why do you have a band with five white guys? Well, I can't yeah. ask that because nobody, because no, but nobody would question an all guy band. But right. Why would they have to question an all female band? A friend and I and I just put in uh, three thousand bucks each, and we said we're going to pay the singers and the musicians for their studio time, and we're going to pay them for their arrangements. So, except for it's a couple of guys financing it, we didn't take over the project. We let everyone do their thing. That's brilliant. And so the result was, was actually pretty good. Now, it wasn't yeah. an economic uh, uh, <laughs> windfall, but, yeah. but the result was pretty good. And I would say more than half of the women on that record have gone on to very cool careers. Oh, I've like got to listen Putting to up this. lots of records and pay, yeah. practically making a living from paying, playing music. And we have a thing over here, an organization um, called Tomorrow's Warriors, and they champion amazing um, British young artists, um, vocalists, instrumentalists, and it's incredible. And it, because jazz evolves, like, as you know, it's evolved over decades. It, I it saw it in evolves. England recently. I, I was at the uh, London Jazz Festival two years yeah. ago, 
And they had a lot of the regular people that you'd want to see. But Jacob yeah. Collier got up and did some crazy stuff. Yeah. And you could see you go, oh, there we go. So Jamie Cullum isn't alone anymore. There's more people getting in there. Here yeah. in North America, we have a lot of that happening. Like Snarky Poppy is doing really well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of young musicians are using world music. Yes. Jazz, blues, and yeah. almost like a classical cinematic sense and putting it all together. And it's so, fantastic. And using hip hop and rap and, you know, um, and pop, you know, there's a lot yeah. of pop jazz around and yeah. it's great to see the evolution of it. Just like if we look back over the decades, how we've seen it change from Louis Armstrong to Miles Davis, what a change that was. And now the changes, it just keeps changing. I find it incre incredible. The nature of music is to, is to morph and keep going. And I yeah. think jazz and blues might be dead if, if they didn't, have people influencing and taking something new into That's it. That's right. So I think it's very healthy. And I'm not a jazz snob or jazz jihad or jazz police. I'm not that no. guy. No. You take music and it either resonates with me or it doesn't. It, exactly. You either like it or you don't. There's no rules. I was there's no rules to it. If it sounds good, great. You know. You know, some of my favorite people play uh, in England a lot. Like I was just mentioning Kurt Elling. My favorite show I ever saw of him was at Ronnie Scott's. Yeah. Ron is, uh, I saw right. Melody Dardo there. She can sing. Oh, I love her. Melody Dardo. I love her. Her blues records are so She's good. Great. And She's fantastic. Stevie Bridgewater just turned 70. We were just She's talking about her. So woman on the planet. Amazing. So the saxophonist I just interviewed, Camilla George, she opened for Dee Dee Bridgewater. She's an incredible saxophonist. And we were just talking about the fact that she's turned 70 and what a beautiful strong woman she is she's, she's gorgeous amazing. i mean she's one of my favorites I i've love seen her. her in probably i don't know five or six countries i booked her up here in toronto so we got yeah. to hang out and have dinner and stuff and she is a fireball of positive energy she really is and her new record and her daughter china plays so good, yeah. So she, yeah. there's another one. So many of these artists uh, that do jazz also are knee-deep in blues because you don't get one without the other. It's true. It's, well, that's where it came from, you know? Yeah. That's where jazz came from. It came from the blues. Blues is jazz, but jazz isn't blues, if that makes well, sense. because jazz had, in my opinion, jazz started in 1865 with the first sheet music ever produced. That's right. Um, and, uh, and that was before... Scott Joplin and yeah. then um, when the blues in New Orleans when they, when they were in Congo Square there was people playing the blues purely like American type blues yeah but then there's um, uh, the, the Congo the kind of uh, Congo Square with, with the Africans so now they're they're mixing in tribal rhythms with blue and then the horn section became the the lead instruments and the guitar became a rhythm instrument and that yeah. was really kind of the birth there too so it was blues but there was also and then there was a little bit of that classical movement from ragtime that's right, right? yep and then a little bit of the arcadian sound from people coming uh, sailing down from nova scotia to to land in new orleans so new orleans is got to be the most special place in america a lot of people would say I'm new york, I think new york go. I, you I must have been to new orleans a quite a lot so many times. I yeah. haven't been once, I'm ashamed to say. Well, let's try to make it so you're there. I, I, I want to go and sing there, James. I want to sing on the street. 
I mean, the, the streets are alive. You just I know. Out. I'm dying to go. I'm dying to go. I, I'm dying to go. I want you to, I'd love you to take a check out Camilla George. So yeah. she's quite big on Jazz FM in here in England. And she's she's working on her third album. She opened for DD Bridgewater. I'll send you a details because she's lovely and she's fantastic. Well, it's fi- kind of uh, funny and confusing. So jazzfm.com yeah. is in London. Yes. And jazz.fm is where I work here in Toronto. That's right. So it's jazz. We don't really have anything to do with each other. No. But <laughs> still, it's... It's jazz.fm. It's still the jazz. It's still jazz FM, darling. It's great. Yeah. Jazz.fm. You're still doing the our same station, thing. Our station here, we do some blues programming. We also yeah. we sprinkle it throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that we got to have the second uh, biggest radio station in North America. That's amazing. Here in Toronto. That's the only amazing. one bigger than us. The only one bigger than us with more listeners is uh, Los Angeles. But I have to admit, they play a lot of smooth jazz. Right. And they, and they also have millions of more people living in Hollywood. Well, of course. Is it, uh, is it uh, Los Angeles Jazz FM? No. No, nope. nope. it's Los Angeles. It's a, it's a campus station, but with a broadband that goes throughout uh, Southern California. Yeah. It's interesting. My favorite stations down in the U.S., I like WOZ in New Orleans, and I really like 88.1 in uh in uh, san francisco they have a great radio Ooh, station there. i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna email you and get me all those stations so i can listen to them yeah as well. the guys, guys do a great job in san francisco and it's just coincidentally 88.1 which is where we are here in canada so toronto's 88.1 that's 80.1 complete coincidence that's we're funny. jazz fm or com. complete coincidence it's just Isn't that we, funny? none of us have it each other but i'm glad that there's uh, places on your dial wherever you are where you could at least get some jazz music. Oh, that's the amazing James B. Love him, love him, love him, love him. And you can listen to his show every Thursday night at 9 p.m. on Jazz FM. Well, guys, that's the show for this week. And if you liked it, you know what to do subscribe. Go on, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. And while you're there, what are you going to do? Sorry, can't hear you. Yes, give it a good review. Yay! Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Colette Cooper, and is a Pod People production. Thanks to the gorgeous Mikey Hansen and the gorgeous Jake Trappett for their production support. And more than anything, for you guys for listening. I've created a Spotify playlist featuring Aretha and many of the other amazing artists featured so far in Sisters in the Shadows. If you can please support Nordoff Robbins, most amazing charity, the biggest music therapy charity in the UK. Phenomenal charity and let's keep it going. I'll be back in your feed next Friday talking to another amazing soul from the world of blues and jazz and see you then. Mm-hmm.